0: We thrive. I am Sandra Primo
1: and I'm Tammy Salas
0: and we are the Unruffled.
1: Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. I've missed you. I've
0: missed you too. We've- I'm so excited. I know. It's been
1: too we've-, long. we've had we've really had a month off felt so good, Sandra. It did. I mean, I didn't really kind of want to come back, to be honest with you. (laughs) I was like, I want another month of just a little bit of space, you know? So today, like, we're not going to get crazy. We're not going to have a super long episode, right? We're just going to...
0: We're not. And this could be August. We'll see. Yeah. We're kind of playing it by ear, but we're sort of still in summer
1: mode. But we are excited to talk to each other, too. Yeah, that's good. Um, there's so much to catch up on. I know we're going to do like a catch-up episode later on. But today, since it's still summer, we're going to kind of jump in to um, some summer epiphanies, right? <sighs>
0: Right, because we both have had some yeah. summer epiphanies, which, you know what, those things happen when you give yourself some time and space to think.
1: <laughs> totally. totally. Yeah, to have that space. I was listening to Cal Newport on Rich Roll's podcast, uh, Rich Roll, yeah, podcast, um, and he was talking about that, just like, you, you have to have space to create, or you're not going to, you know, you have to disconnect from technology. And mm-hmm. while I haven't fully disconnected from technology, I definitely have had space that I haven't had or created for myself before. So this summer has felt different for sure.
0: Right, right. And, you know, I had some different, I, I mean different, I had some big milestones this this summer. I know. Um, Let's
1: talk about that for a second. Right. A- I had
0: some, yeah, I had some, so I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of preemptive thoughts about it, you know, turning 50 and five years sober. Yeah. Um, I, but... He, I mean, those were pretty big, both of them were pretty big milestones. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of my, so yeah, there's been a bit of a bit of some transformation just this summer. And I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. Right.
1: But it does, if you're not, if you're not, I mean, of course you knew five years was coming. You knew that you were turning 50, but sure. you can't predict how you're going to feel or how that's going to kind of morph out.
0: No, exactly. Exactly. Because often, you know, it just feels like another, another day. Right. But, but in hindsight, there has, I have, uh, there has been some, some revelations, some epiphanies.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So this yeah the there have- where we share our summer epiphanies and I, um, I wanted to start with you because I've had, I've had some small ones, not anything significant, definitely not, um, catapulted by uh, turning, uh, you know, another year older and or in sobriety or in life. So do you want to start?
0: Yeah, I'll start. So, okay. So the only thing that I have done almost near perfectly since day one of my sobriety is that I have sought through prayer and meditation, a constant contact with a God of my understanding. Um. I'm heavy here.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's so important. It's so key. Yeah. And you know, I, no one told me to do that. I mean, that
0: was, before, you know, I, I, I didn't read this, the steps, the 12 steps of, of Alcoholics Anonymous uh, until much later into sobriety. I was about you know, four months sober before I even went to my first meeting. And I, you know, probably heard the steps for the first time at that point. Um, so no, it's like not, and no one told me to do it that way. Um, did you
1: intuitively know?
0: Typically? I did. I intuitively knew. And that, that was, uh, that was my, you know, I've said it before, but maybe I haven't put a lot of emphasis on it because I really, I don't know, not really embarrassed. I guess I, I want to connect with people and I don't know if everybody has this not everyone has this experience, but I had a very spiritual experience on my day 1 of sobriety. Mm. And I probably wouldn't be sober today if I had enough. And um and that because I knew intuitively that I had to connect to something bigger than me or or it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to stick. And, you know, there was surrender there. I felt like I had been given some amount of grace. And so I have, I do have a prayer practice and I have every morning since day one of my sobriety. Hmm. Um and that has been easy for me. And maybe that's because I grew up with religion, you know, it, uh, talking to source or God or universe has always just felt like a conversation.
1: Um, but that's interesting, Sandra, that you, you know, just like they say in the promises, uh, you will intuitively know how to handle situations. Like you intuitively knew that that's what you needed. Yeah. I knew that that was going to be a foundation.
0: Right, right. And I mean, and I did know that I needed to wake up every morning and say thank you. Because I knew that this was not Sandra's self-will that was running the ship at that point, you know? It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was something bigger than me. So, but meditation has been something that, you know, I've looked at more like Um, a mindfulness practice for me, you know, it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, The meditation part, meaning? (laughs) Yeah, right, right. The meditation part has felt more like a mindfulness practice, which, you know, some consider that meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I do enjoy, like, you know Sarah Blondin or Tara Brock or anyone talking my ear, I I I enjoy that and I like that that invites you into a particular mindset. But it's not always been the meditation that I've been seeking, yeah. and I've really been seeking for a, a while now. I've tried like Theta meditation. I've talked about it on the podcast. Um, I've tried some different different styles, I guess, of meditation. Um, but with something in my ear talking to me, is just a bit distracting for me. Even the sounds, even the binaural beat sounds can be distracting for me. Mm-hmm. So I have revisited, I'd revisited transcendental meditation again. I've gone down that rabbit hole before, but you know, if you don't know about it, there's like a, if you want the proper training, there's kind of a sticker shock <laughs> associated yeah. with it. You have to pay for it. And it's not. It's not cheap. It's not, it's not nothing. And, um, I think it's around $900 if you, you know, pay for the full price of it. And, um, and I don't mind paying for training for something at all. You know, I think training is, is valuable. Um, but at the same time, there was so much, so shrouded in so much mystery. Yeah. You know, with the secret mantra, and you know, and all that, (laughs) and I just didn't want to pay that kind of money just to have some secret revealed to me. You know, that's 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 not a good um, intention (laughs) going in. That's
1: that's your rebel saying,
0: (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I interviewed some friends, (laughs) and um, I have one particular friend. I won't call out my name, but. I'm sure she'll listen to this and know who exactly who she is, and she had actually recently just done the training, and so I described to her some meditation that I have, or an experience that I, a place that I have, I've experienced in meditation, and I described it to her, and she was like, I think you're doing it. <laughs> uh, I think you're doing it. She kind of, you know, she didn't reveal her mantra or whatever, but she, um, you know, she kind of dispelled some of the the mystery around it, around the training, and so anyway, I think I'm doing it, and I, it, he, so it's not just I'm not going to describe meditation because honestly, I think there's nothing more boring than that. Really, it, you know, people that describe people their dreams, <laughs> their meditation, or their their workout. I'm just like, uh, wake me up in 30 minutes, please. Um, so I'm not going to describe to you my meditation at all. But I will tell you that I, it, I, I feel transformed by the work I've been doing in meditation. Mm. The, just the last, what, three weeks, I guess. I've been consistent. So that's a new thing. I've been meditating okay,
1: okay. 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon. And I've been consistent. And you can, I'm going to ask a few questions because my mm-hmm. was trained in Transcendental. Do, can you do it anywhere? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I, yes.
0: Although I do feel a little self-conscious if there's people around me, sure. because I've, I think my face does weird things. Like it kind of smiles. And I don't know what my eyes do.
1: Right, I've had, I've had tears there. before. What? You don't have to sit on a meditation pillow.
0: No. And that is the thing. That's, that is, that's what I need. I need meditation to be really accessible to me or I'm not going to do it. If it's really precious where I have to pull out a bunch of shit and light candles and crystals and all kinds of bullshit,
1: I'm not going to do it. Right. Okay. So I stopped you. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Sometimes I cry, you said. Yes.
0: Yeah, sometimes I cry. Mm-hmm. So I feel a little self-conscious about that. So I do try to like find a private place, Right. which in the afternoon has often been my studio. Now, you know, once school starts, I'm usually, a, you know, I usually have a lot of alone time, but you know, right now there's, I'm surrounded by <laughs> kids and <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, well, I'm
1: recording in a closet today. So.
0: <laughs> and I'm in my daughter's room who is with a friend and I'm on my kids' uh, school-issued Chromebook. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, we're we're kind of going uh, really band-aiding this podcast together this summer. So what I like, I'm going to ask you another question because when my husband got trained in it, it was around the time he turned 50, Sandra, And I say, you could talk to him because he's kind of anti-following anything. Like, right. I am too. You and him, I think, have some things in common. I think that's why I love you so much. I love him so much. Like, I'm usually drawn to people who are kind of like him. Like, my best friend Casey was exactly like him. And so, um, but he can do it in his office, he can do it lying down in bed. He can do it at the kitchen table if he's if nobody's in the house, you know, but he does like no one to be around, you know, he'd like right. to be quiet. So that yeah, because it feels really personal, it, it
0: does. It, it Yeah, it really does. And, you know, for anybody who's interested in Transcendental, I mean, if you feel like getting the training and all that, go for it. And, and, and there's nothing to say that someday I might explore that option. But I will say, you know, it's a mantra-led meditation and OM is a mantra. OM, you know, that's a mantra. So really you can – any any sound that you can get kind of hooked into
1: is a mantra. Right. Do you say it or is it just quietly in your mind you're saying? It's in your mind. Okay. It's in my mind, yeah, yeah. I don't ask him too much about it. Um, but I know that he did research for a few years. He was very drawn to. I mean, he loves him some David Lynch. So me too. Me too. Lynch did it, and he's highly creative, and Jerry Seinfeld, and right. He been hearing stories from celebrities, which my husband is not into, like the cult of celebrity. But he not what here. What people have? You know that they keep saying this works. So he was very intrigued for several years before he. And he's like, I know it sounds like a lot of money, Tammy. I know it sounds ridiculous, but there's something telling me that I want to learn how to do this. Right. I mean, right. I need to learn how to do this. And I, I'm not going to say no to him. He works his ass off, you know, all the time. I'm like, if I, I, but at the time I, I wasn't sober yet. And I was like, well, whatever, I guess, I don't know <laughs> if you think, okay. And so he did, he went and got trained a couple of times. And then I was like, that's it. You're, mm-hmm. oh, you that was that. And he was like, yeah, I, it's hard to explain.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can see why he would say that. And I can see why a lot of people say that. But I've done the same. I've read books. Um, I have, you know, done internet research. I've done all kinds of research. And again, I'm not against spending money. I just wanted some of the mystery, like, revealed to me. I didn't want to just go in and go, okay, I'm paying for the super, you know, delicious secret. And you have to thrift it. See, Sandra? Because
1: the same for me. I would have to buy <laughs> I want to thrift it a little bit, I gotta find the mojo, you gotta find the right what you want for not the whole price. I mean, you figured that out I mean amen well, and you know and i and i in and, and
0: to my credit, I mean I was partially there, you know i've been doing I've been working on meditations and the different types of meditations for a while, so I kind of had a feeling of what it probably felt like, and I mean they teach it to you know, children, so it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's super accessible, um, you know, that's taking into consideration that I'm actually doing it right, which I honestly think I am,
1: you know. <laughs> what are, are you going to share some of the benefits? Well, I will,
0: I, I, I would love to tell you some of the byproducts, because yeah. really, like, I feel like, I, it's, it's, this is going to get really woo, but I feel like, My heart is more open. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, like I can feel it physically and which is, you know, that just leads to more acceptance. I mean, like in my meditation the other day, I had this like thought, what does 100% acceptance of other people look like? And, you know, that's hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hard to um, be without judgment. And, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's sort of lodged in my heart now and my creativity has just, I mean, like really been bursting out of me and I won't go into all the details cause I know we're going to riff on that probably at the end of the month, but I've had more energy and more clarity. Um, I've been on my phone way less, way less. And, um, you know i've i've tried to even establish some you know guidelines about not trying to, checking my phone until much later in the morning i'm not i don't do that 100% well but i've gotten so much better my sleep yeah exactly and my sleep has just been uh, really good and these are all the byproducts that they say that you'll experience Um, from a really good meditation practice and I have actually experienced them, you know, and I'm, I'm generally just feeling more peaceful. Like I should be pretty stressed out right now (laughs) because there's a lot, you've got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. We're remodeling our house and we have to move and, uh, but I'm not stressed and I feel more mentally healthy right now than I have in a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um so anyway um get out your pens i'm about to say something really innovative and enlightening
1: Perfect. um so I got
0: my me- pen. <laughs> meditation works <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's confirmed you heard it here um, you heard it here 22. first 22 took us 122 episodes to get here it so works <laughs>
0: But you know, and but seriously, and and because I'm—I mean, of course, I'm being silly. How how long have you heard that meditation works? But um, but now that I have experienced it, it's almost like getting sober. Like the stakes are too high now. Like I have to keep doing
1: it. You're right, because now you know. Because now I know. Yeah. I heard a, a, a woman in a meeting, and I might have shared this before, Sandra, but you're making me think of it again. Um, she just talked about making conscious contact with, your, with the God of your understanding, higher power. Yes. That is for you. She talked about dressing, um, how you get dressed for the day. And she's like, how long do you take to get dressed and get ready for work or your day? You know, let's, whatever that is. Think about, let's say 20 minutes. How long do you, dress your, how long do you take to dress your soul for the day? She's like, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest, I take about a minute. Right. And she said, I need to kind of change that uh, equation for me to kind of go out into the world and be able to um, be a little firmer on my foundation. So I think about that when I think about morning meditation and prayer and trying to do it more often than not, even if it's a little scrappy, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. it's like, and, and I think it's the journey. It's taking you five years of investigating this, maybe you did this before too, but since sobriety to finally land on something. And I, I think that's, what's so beautiful too, is you kind of have to take that journey.
0: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Right. right. Because if somebody told me that I needed to do it every morning, I... <laughs> yeah, we all know how that would have gone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sandra. <laughs> yeah. nobody likes to be told what to do. Nobody
0: likes to be told what to do. And then some of us actually physically resist being told what to do and do the opposite. So, uh, yeah, I, I needed to come to all of this all on my own. But again, like I said, the stakes are too high. I mean, the benefits, not just for me, but for the people around me, I cannot deny.
1: So I, you know, I'm, I'm invested now. I love it. I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm glad. I mean, I've heard that. It sounds beautiful. I am not there. Um, but you know what? I did try to listen. People have recommended Tara Brock. Yeah. She's a lovely woman. I cannot hear her voice. I can't do it. Um, there's, you just have to find your person, even though that works for many, many people. Um, it doesn't work for me, you know, and like Sarah Blondin is who I love, but it, maybe she doesn't work for other people. Um, I've done the theta, which I've appreciated, um, at night that you've recommended that I really like, um, that definitely, if you don't want to talk about dreams, that definitely uh, mm-hmm. dreams, cause it's definitely activates my pineal gland and, and gets me into kind of vivid, vivid dreaming, but we you have to just figure it out which yeah. is kind of very empowering. And I think when we're in recovery too, that you do get to forge your own way. That's what I really make your own quote unquote program. Like you just
0: uh uh-huh. be it. discerning for like the first time in your life. I mean, this is really <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I was, I wish I could say that I had been a discerning person my entire life, but, um, you know, there's been many bandwagons I've jumped on or just not you know unable
1: to be judicious yeah yeah having the clarity and and peace of mind definitely if you're saying you're feeling more peaceful you can make better decisions of course of course but I think uh every part of you getting to where you've just figured out this summer is you know equally as important right Yeah. yeah yeah Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping
0: in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced almost two years' worth of content and have over half a million downloads.
1: We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing and appreciate our weekly consistency, you can be a patron of this show for as little as a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to patreon.com backslash theunruffledpodcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. What about you? Oh me. I had some I had some things I was I was thinking about about epiphany is a really big word, right? It is. <laughs> it's like what really you know, realizations. Um you know. well I had one and it's interesting. Mine was along the lines of um step three for me this summer, Sandra. Mm-hmm. Really um, big. So for those of you who don't know what step three is, I was just going to give a little foundation for that. So this is from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, but has made a decision to turn our will and lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And the step, when I was thinking about it and reading a little bit about it, I was thinking like, it's all about action. Even though that seems like a tiny thing to turn your will and your care, um, it's, a, it's a letting go. And I have a really hard time letting go. And what I read last night that really kind of stuck with me, it's like said, it's a, this step means deciding to get out of my own way. Mm. I like to get in my way (laughs) with everything. And so this summer, the epiphany that I had was like to work, what's that phrase, uh, work uh, smarter, not harder. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we did that with the podcast, Sandra, and I'm so happy that we did. It really was an intention of mine. Like, we need some time off. We do this every week. And we needed a break. And we got to do it by still doing the podcast, but to give some, uh, ourselves some room. Mm-hmm create. And so that's what started it was like thinking about that. Like, how can we carve out some time this summer so that we're not tethered to this weekly thing that we do? And we, I thought we came up with great solutions for that. I'm um, having our guest um, co-hosts. I really appreciate them. Yeah. Same. Uh, but the thing that, the, the things that I focused on letting go was uh, like the big one was, was uh, about my marriage. And I talked about some things with some guest co-hosts while you were gone. I talked a little bit, um, and we can get into this later in future episodes, but I just talked about letting go of the story that I've been telling. Mm -hmm. Um, I got sober by going to my doctor, you know, and while that's true, I haven't lied about anything. There was a story underneath the story that you know that Mm -hmm. I'm close friends about, but to say that publicly, like I thought, I don't feel... I don't feel I have to tell everything on this podcast. And you've talked to me about restraint of pen and tongue and reminded me of that phrase and that I don't owe anybody all my story. You know, that's for me and my higher power and probably my sponsor. But letting go that, that I just went to a doctor and she put me on an elimination diet and that was it. That story is true, but it's not the whole truth. And mm-hmm. my husband played a really important part of me getting sober by him being honest with me about my behavior. And if he had not been honest with me about my behavior the month prior to me quitting drinking, if he hadn't risked it all by telling me how I was acting, how, I'm just gonna generalize it, my behavior. um, I was so mortified and humiliated and full of shame, but I needed that in order to get me to the doctor's office chair, where I was like, I'm finally going to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even tell the whole truth. I took, I told as much of the truth as I could muster. I let go. And when I let go, look what happened. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking about that because you know, marriage is hard and we don't talk about our personal uh, relationships on the show so much out of respect for, well, I'll just speak for me out of respect for my husband. I don't do it so much, but I I talked to him and I'm like, I need to share a little bit. I'm feeling like I'm going to explode, you know, and I want to, I want to tell the truth and hope that it can help somebody else. And so that letting go also let me let go with him personally and start telling him more things of how I was feeling. Um, And in doing so, it wasn't easy. It's not fun. I mean, we go to therapy and all of that, but letting go of the story that I have to keep it all tidy. Mm. It's not tidy. And the third step kept reminding me like you have to let go. And I've resisted the phrase let go, let God, because I resisted the word God. And I just finally let it all go, Sandra. I don't give a shit. Let go, let God. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's very <laughs> succinct. It's very, um, I'm starting to trust step three. I'm starting to trust that if I let go, things are going to work out how they're supposed to work out. Yeah. And not in a like fairyland kind of like, you know, that life is just. Not magical thinking sort of way, but that you, yeah. If I tell the truth on myself, that's been the one consistent thing in my sobriety. If I tell the truth on myself, it might be hard. It might, it might be uncomfortable. But something always beautiful comes out on the other side. And I'm learning at this phase of my sobriety, at four and almost four and a half years, this that is true. So why am I afraid to speak up? Why am I afraid to say what I want to say? Right, right. Because I know it's going to work out. I right. Have, and I have to remember, so I have to keep reminding myself. So step three this summer has been about trusting that, that if I speak the truth in my marriage, in my relationships, in my friendships, um, it's all going to work out as long as I'm conscious of it. I'm not being mean-spirited. I'm just actually telling you, I really feel this way. And um, as long as it's steeped in truth, I feel like I can't go wrong. You know, it Mm -hmm. might take me to a hard place. It might take my marriage to a hard place. It might take my friendships to a hard place. But I, I have to remember that there's growth in all of that.
0: Right, right. And, and, and you know, even though uh, you'll, you may have to go through the hard work of, uh, you know, being in pain, mm-hmm. um, it's still less of a of – a, it's, it's, it's a lot less work than trying to hold everything all together and be the, I
1: don't know, puppeteer. Yeah, it feels, um, you know, being vigilant was something that I did really well my whole life. And I'm reminded of that often by my therapist, you know, like she always talks about back there and that back there for me is vigilant, Tammy, as a child and people pleasing and the A plus and all of that, like, and to let some of that go and to get messy and to let things get messy, relationships get messy. That makes me really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel held. And I think it is, I've, I've really upped my meeting, Sandra. I've upped my uh, reading of prayers and meditation, not totally consistently, but I have, I've really, when you were talking about that, how you were doing TM, I was like, interesting. I didn't think that that had a a role, but of course it does. Like how could it Mm. not? Right. Um, For me, getting that conscious contact uh, with my higher power every day, it just taps me back in. It just like, it's like, it's plugging me back into the wall, right? Mm -hmm. Or a reset button for me. It's just, it's it's beautiful.
0: Yes. It's like, for me, if yes, it feels like it's taking an electric plug out of my heart and plugging it into some kind of light or source that I can't explain, but I know it makes me uh, uh, a human that I can, that
1: I can live with. Yeah, and so the concept for me, what the epiphany I was thinking of this letting go concept. I was thinking like how how have I been instituting that in my life this summer, or have I, or do I need to do more? And I was thinking about motherhood, of course, as um, my son is starting to drive, I have to let go of control. And you wouldn't believe how how lovely it is to drive in the car with him, Sandra. I really thought I was going to be very dramatic about it, and like, oh my god, he's driving because that's kind of how I was raised when, when I was, <laughs> my parents did it. Um, it's so it's been the slow kind of osmosis this summer of watching him turn into the man that he's going to be. And I just dropped him off on Friday for Yosemite for 10 days for this hike with no technology, no hearing from him and walking away, Sandra, <laughs> it was, I talked to you after that. I was like, it, it's necessary. <laughs> so mm. The things that I'm learning, I didn't think I was going to cry this morning, (laughs) the things I'm learning as part of step three are just infiltrating my whole life. So with Grady, of course, we're going to need to let go. And, you know, in less than two years, I think he's going to be on his way, you know, graduating from high school. But then I also thought about it, Sandra, about my mom and her health. Mm. I've been managing her health for the last couple of years. And she's with all due respect, she, she's not doing anything that is suggested. Right. So because of the program, because of AA for me, I get to see like when someone resists, when someone is in, uh, not in acceptance, when someone will not surrender, when someone will not take advice or be teachable, I know I have to let go. Yeah. So Yesterday I had this back and forth with her husband and I'm like, why am I caring more about, right. About her, situation. Her, yeah. It's bringing me tremendous strife and unrest. And then I was like, last night when I was writing and thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I'm like, I need to let go. I cannot, cannot control the universe. I learn all of these things because I work the 12 steps. I know what to do, Sandra. There's the roadmap, right? Mm-hmm. The design for living. I know how to do it. So I need to be reminded. So I was reminded. And I'm so glad we were going to talk today because it just helped me kind of it bring me peace last night to mm-hmm. know that all I have to do is to let go. And um I heard a I heard a phrase in the room a couple of weeks ago and I wrote it down. It said, Worry is a form of control. It is right. That you can control a situation. I know. And I can't. So I have to, I have to let go. I have to try to, um, I just have to try every single day to let go. And, and I, again, I've done the steps, right? I've gone through it with sponsees. It hasn't hit me, like it, it just hit me. Mm. I've been, I need to try to do that in all my affairs. And like it suggests, and it's hard. Sometimes you need to struggle. You need to have that struggle. Like we were saying about the meditation, like you need to get through some things until you can actually really apply it. So I think my epiphany is just that I I need to relinquish some control. I think it would bring me a lot of peace. Yeah. It's going to be a work in progress, but I've upped my meetings, Sandra. I've been doing more reading, like willingly reading. Like I don't just sit and read the big book. I don't know if you do, but I don't. (laughs) Not in a while, but every once in a while, correct. I'm not resisting it anymore. Like, yeah, I I bet you there's a solution in there that I can find. I'm going to go, I'm going to go dig through that book. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the only book where I find solutions, of course, but, um, that's it. I think this is the summer a little bit that I realize I need to let go and, and mean it mm-hmm. and do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I really think there's some freedom on the other side for you.
1: Yeah. I feel it. I do feel it like with, with the being more honest in my marriage. And again, not that I'm dishonest. It's just that the the things you don't want to talk about or you don't want to bring up or you feel, or it feels scary or ominous. uh, I, I need to trust that if I speak those truths, you know, it allows the other person to speak. It allows something to change and shift. And um, so I'm going to, I mean, I have to practice every day, every, that's why, you know, every day is in, you know, the next 24 hours I'll practice more today. That's all I can do. Mm-hmm. And it's embracing mystery too, right? Because you don't, yeah, because you don't know, you
0: don't, you don't know what's going to happen on the other side of, of, of letting go.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like what I said at the, when I started was the whole idea of work smarter, not harder. That was, I was talking about like my studio practice and the podcast. So I was thinking about with these outside things. And then as I was writing last night, I was like, actually I need working smarter, not harder is a little bit of, let. if I could let go, you know, all of these things will eventually fall into place how they're supposed to. And that's me trusting a higher power. Mm -hmm. And, um, I forget that every single day. So I have to remind myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's my little epiphany. That's where I, that's a good one. That's a big one. Yeah. It feels solution based. It feels like there is a solution. So yeah. That's it from your tender friend today. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah. I've actually been
0: crying more lately too, which is not I'm not a crier, but I even cried this morning. <laughs> so look at us. We just I, know. Look.
1: I, I uh you know how I do it my little tea ritual in the morning when I have time with a song today. Yeah. I, today I had my tea and I listened to Reunited by Peaches and Herb. <laughs> Cause I'm like, oh, I get to talk to Sandra today. We really I love that damn song. It <laughs> feels so good. <laughs> oh, well, are we gonna wrap this up and just make this a shorter one today? We can. You know, I would
0: like to mention one other thing. Um, and I have mentioned it on Instagram, but I'm going to say it again. I read oh in my newsletter, but I read such a good book that I swear changed me around pe- perimenopause um, and menopause. And I would highly recommend it if you are a woman that is approaching or or are in this time of your life. And it is called Flash Count Diary: Menopause and the Vindication of Natural Life.
1: Who's it by, by? Dar-
0: by Darcy Steinke. Um, it is so good. And because I'm going through a season of hot flashes now, they are here. I have tried to resist them. I've tried to manage them. And, you know, intermittent fasting does help. I I honestly think it's helped. Um, lessen them. I'm taking black cohosh, which has been recommended by a bazillion people. And so I'm, I'm finally taking it. I think it takes a month to sort of kind of build up and do its thing. But this book just invited me to, again, accept that that this is what your body's doing right now. And, I mean, I promise you, every time I have one, I'm invited to step right back into my body for about 30 seconds because it just, like, it forces you to be there. Um but it's such a good book, uh, just about, it's really about acceptance. And then there's a beautiful tangential story about whales that that goes on, sort of, that she kind of tells the story about about whales that's just so beautiful. But it's just a book I would highly recommend.
1: Well, if people aren't getting your newsletter, they should sign up because your newsletter last week, I just loved it so much. So I always love it. You know <laughs> that I always tell you, but last week was really great. And I downloaded that book that you just recommended and mm-hmm. I downloaded David Sedaris's Calypso. And oh, yeah. on the drive here to Steve's father's house. That's where we're at right now. And um, he's so funny. He's so funny. He writes about family and relationships and just these small mundane things. He talks about midlife. It's one of his first stories uh, in Calypso uh, for him, his version of, of how he perceives midlife. And he's just witty and funny. But audiobooks, I was beating myself up because I wasn't um, reading books this summer. I had not carved out enough time for that. And I was like, it's not too late. You can just it's not just download it and I can still have a whole, whole month to read. Like, mm-hmm. Just get on it. So thank you for the recommendation. I'm going to listen to that one. I'm not going to make Steve listen to that one, but I'm going to listen to that one.
0: Oh, you're gonna like it. You you're really gonna like it. And oh, it just it's just permission slips left and right. I'm not gonna say a whole lot more about it. But she, I mean, she talks about sex. She talks about, um, you know, the state of your vagina. She's just it's just a lot of it's just one big
1: permission slip to just accept your body. Yeah. Well, having that chat with Jolene last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I need to post it in the Facebook group, but there was a, a, a podcast, Elena Brower's podcast, uh, with Kate Northrup, which she kind of details what, uh, Jolene was talking about a little bit more. So, right. About cycles. And yeah. mm-hmm. so that's a great, I should link that up in the secret Facebook group. And if yeah. you want to join that, they can just send us a Facebook message, Sandra or myself, and, uh, we'll add you to that secret group if you want yes yes that was excellent oh, so all right yeah I know, I guess we kind of just did a few things are we just going to kind of wing it this summer that? I think we're going to wing it <laughs> <a good> <laughs> but we know you guys like it when it's just us two so yeah
0: it's Let's going see. to be the two of us probably through August
1: and in September we'll figure we'll it schedule out some interviews again yeah, no, I'm like, I like what we have set up that we just kind of outline like to see that we would do, um, this August. So yeah, we'll just surprise you every week We're it's just going to be us and they'll be shorter. So hopefully you guys can just, you know, digest them. And summer's, uh, you know, we know you're busy. We're busy too. So that's good. That's good. All right, my friend, All right. your summer epiphany with me. I like it. You've inspired me. Oh, well, you've inspired me. Mm. You've inspired um, me to, um,
0: yeah, to g- look at the steps again. <laughs> so what are what was
1: step three again? Oh yeah, I always forget. <laughs> yeah, get out of my own way is the short. Uh, is the is the short version of it?
0: The Tammy's Cliff Note version of get that. Out yeah, of your own way, Tammy.
1: <laughs> it wasn't planes, trains, and automobiles. You're going the wrong Long way. way. <laughs> How do they know where I'm going. <laughs> all right <laughs> we should we should sign off <laughs> all
0: right
1: bye guys the unruffled podcast was created and produced by sandra primo and tammy salas our show is edited and mixed by steve hecht original music composed and performed by caitlin schumacher original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers, Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.